0: Um, about two years ago, the Uniting Church passed a Synod resolution. The Synod is the organizing body of the church in New South Wales and ACT. And in that resolution, there were two parts. One was that it actively supports and advocates for the greater investment in demand reduction and harm reduction strategies to address illicit drug use. And the second was that we would actively support and advocate for the expansion of decriminalization. possession and personal use of small amounts of illicit drugs and what that means is that um, when and what we know from other countries in particular the 24 uh, other countries that have gone through this process or are going through it um, that when you drop that legal boundary and move it from a criminal response to a health issue that Overall, drug use drops, overdose deaths drops, uh, drug-related harms decrease, the burden on the criminal justice system goes down. Um, so it really is almost common sense on paper that, um, and it seems in some people's minds counterintuitive, but in fact, it works in these countries that have done it, Um in New South Wales and the ACT, this campaign started about 26 years ago, even, um, with the voice of one mother in particular, uh, who is a parishioner in one of our uniting churches in Canberra. And, um, that woman, um, basically was telling her story about the death of her son, who was a casualty to the war on drugs, who, um, had an issue with problematic drug use but was sort of driven into the dark shadows um, and unable to get the help that he needed. And it's a really tragic story. And unfortunately it's not that uncommon, but her voice along with others came together and compelled the church to act. And that's why we developed the fair treatment campaign to address these issues and convince the government to do the right thing.
1: So obviously there are a lot of studies that show that the decriminalisation of drugs doesn't actually lead to an increase of drug use. There's been some successful reform, as you mentioned, in other countries around the world. Norway comes to mind, but also Portugal, who decriminalised all illicit drugs in 2001. But obviously, they had sort of a moment of crisis and a push to, you know, for the reform and It made it immediate and more extensive. But here in Australia, we don't seem to perceive this problem as an emergency, despite the fact that the annual drug deaths are almost doubling uh, in the last decade. Is Australia taking this problem seriously enough?
0: Uh, We don't believe so. And you're exactly right. Portugal and other countries that have experienced what they consider to be a crisis, in Portugal's case... They had roughly 1% of their population um, who had issues with problematic use of heroin. Um, What we've seen in Australia, as you mentioned, is is almost a doubling in the last decade of overdose deaths. Um, We are looking at an epidemic uh, type of uh, death rates, almost climbing up to the rate that that we see in the United States, which is terribly out of control. Um, and we do know from the reports that we've seen, um, in particular police reports that are sampling the sewer systems around Australia, that the amounts of um, synthetic opioids in particular are just skyrocketing. So we believe that there is a crisis. We think Australia needs to do better about Um, collecting and understanding what the apples-to-apples data looks like. Um, I think half the time we spend trying to figure out exactly what we mean by drug-related death in Australia. We need to come together on what those terms are, what the data is, and find some consensus. But yes, we believe that there is a, a crisis in Australia.
1: Indeed. And how do you think that this will change the people's lives in New South Wales? Do you think people are scared to seek help because there's such a strong stigma around drug use? Uh,
0: There is definitely a problem with stigma, Um, and that's something that we're trying to address in our campaign, in particular by sharing people's stories. Um, We go out and talk to people out in the field, they're anxious to to tell us about what their experiences are like, in particular in the rural areas. We just completed a successful long walk for treatment, which took us from Dubbo to Sydney, and that represents the length in which some people have to go to get treatment. So in addition to the personal and emotional um, levels of stigma that society puts on us, they even put physical barriers in, in cases upwards of 400 kilometers for people to get treatment. So we've got a lot of work to do in New South Wales, and um, as you mentioned earlier, we do have roughly fifty-seven partners that have come along with us to help compel the government to do the right thing.
1: I feel New South Wales seems like a particularly hard state to tackle. The Premier, uh, excuse my pronunciation, Gladys Berejiklian.
0: Berej- Berejiklian, yeah, yeah.
1: She's very public about her government having a zero drug tolerance. After the deaths at the DEF CON 1 festival, she's vowing to completely shut down the festival instead of even considering safety precautions like pill testing and other things. So how do you stand up to someone like that whose opinion is that there's no such thing as a safe drug? How are you going to make your campaign heard?
0: I think we have to do two things. One, we have to let people know what it's like to feel like the mother loses a child because that child does not have access to the proper treatment services and is shunned and stigmatized in society. And we also have to provide the proper um, education to our elected officials about what the realities of things like pill testing are. I mean, what we know about pill testing, for example, is roughly 20% of people that come to a pill testing facility in a concert venue will throw their drugs away. That's, a a, a dramatically larger percentage than anything that they're seeing with sniffer dogs and the threat of this, you know, a a a prohibitionist uh, approach. What we know is that if we listen to our scientists and we look to the best practices that have been implemented in other countries and look at the data, these are very successful programs. And there's no reason that any common sense, um, Um, any politician that's looking at this through the lens of common sense wouldn't seek to adapt these. These are actually um, really simple and easy um, and helpful harm reduction practices.
1: Definitely. Uh, What effects do you hope that this will have on other states and territories? Obviously, we're over here in WA talking to you about this and... We're just wondering if this has been discussed on a national sense, like is there any plans to expand the campaign to other areas of the country?
0: Uh, We actually work in close concert with your uh, former Premier, Jeff Gallop, um, who's been very helpful with us on our campaign. He successfully passed some drug reforms um, in Western Australia. Unfortunately, they were politicised after the fact, and I believe some of them were reversed. we're trying to keep it, the politics out of it. We're trying to focus on where the laws exist, and in particular, policies are developed at the state and territory levels. Um, there are some laws that the, the that federal government controls with regard to access to treatment dollars and other things, but most of the um, drug policies are set at the state and territory level. Um, we do work in close... Um, We do have partners around the country. Each and every state and territory has their own different uh, laws. I would say New South Wales is one of the more conservative. And yes, we do have a lot of work to do. Um, But we think that the campaign philosophy of treating people fairly and thinking about drug policy in a different way and helping try to change the stigma around this is, um, is something that could be applied in every state. You know, 17 years ago, the Uniting Church um, began a program called the Medically Supervised Injection Center here in King's Cross. And since that time, um, we've had roughly 1.6 million injections there, 8,000 overdoses, and zero deaths. It was the beacon of the world. We have led the world, and we're the first in the Western English-speaking world to do this. We can lead again, and that's what we're trying to do in this campaign.